I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read a few verses together, and then I'd like to show you three slides, and I wonder if you'd be willing to have some neighborhood conversation. So we're going to read Philippians 4, and then I have three slides. And uh, Jim, could I have see slides um, 4, 5, and 6? So these are the things I'd like to ask if you would be talking together about. So last week, Sunday morning, uh, a guy named Mike Dykstra was here. He sketched this. Deshaun Bruckford made it prettier. This is the series in a picture. So you have the bookends of peace. We want to develop the mind of Christ. How? We think about such things. What are those? True, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, and we put it to practice, and we live with peace. So that's, that's, that's the picture of the series. The next slide, <clears throat> I'd like to ask if you'd be willing to talk with each other about this. Do you think that God will guard our hearts and minds with peace, irrespective of, of what we allow into it? Will the peace of Christ be ours regardless of what we let in? And the next question for conversation is this. An undisciplined, agree or disagree, an undisciplined mind is the enemy of living in and from the mind of Christ. So I'm just wondering if we get some conversation going. I'm assuming many people would not be here, so we have a little more freedom this morning. So if you'd like to participate with someone around you, you can. If not, you can act like you're praying or... Think about whatever you want to think about. How's that? So could you open your Bibles to chapter 4, and let's look at a couple verses. I'm going to pack those for you, and then we'll go to the slides. Chapter 4, beginning at verse um, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such Things. Let me stop for a second. Could you look up for a second? That phrase does not mean think about it occasionally. The phrase is constant, incessant, think, 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 keep thinking, keep thinking, keep thinking about these things. What things? Slide four again. Think about these things a lot. Why? Because you're going to see the peace of Christ will come to those who are thinking about these things constantly. This is why, in, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to think about, is an undisciplined mind an enemy of the mind of Christ? So whatever we think about, remember now, what we think about affects our hearts, our emotions, and then our bodies. So that's what we're going to go for. Now look, go back to the passage. Thank you, Jim. Back to the passage, and then he says in verse 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So there's two commands. Think about such things, verse 8, put into practice, verse 9. And then he says, the God of peace will be with you. Now look up to verse 7. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So bookend 1 is the peace of God in you. Verse 9, and the God of peace will be with you. Then I'll go down to verse 11. So St. Paul continues to write, and he says, I'm not saying these things because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, or living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Notice, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. How? Slide four. 
How? Slide four, think about these things. So as our minds focus on these things, we develop the mind of Christ. If you have the mind of Christ, the peace of Christ will be in you, and the peace of Christ will be with you. Now let me turn it on its head. If, you, if we find ourselves overcome with anxiety, filled with fear, all kinds of uh, pessimistic emotions and all kinds of stuff, can I ask you, what are you thinking about? So I asked you this last week, what is the primary focus of your week? Now blank screen, please. I'm gonna tell you a story, and I, I need to be a little bit careful telling it. I'm talking about the mind of Christ, and then we're gonna to go to the picture and have you talk. So recently I was asked to visit with someone who is an older person, twice my, uh, more than 20 years my age, a veteran um, dying of cancer. And I was asked to spend time with him because he knows his time is short. And he said to me, when I die, I want to be with Jesus. So I sat with him and listened to his story. Story with things like a daughter born with a whole number of maladies, and he and his wife cared for her for 44 years, when the normal length of span of life for a person with these illnesses is about six. A son was brutally killed, and wife who loved son and daughter lost her mind and moved into dementia and died. He is full of cancer, and he wants to talk. I listened to his story, and I would just say, I'm gonna be careful. Um, he is a man of color who served in the, in the, in the armed forces. And he had multiple times when he was diminished or hurt or not promoted or poorly transferred because of who he was. In the midst of the conversation, he kept stopping and he, has, he had strokes. So he's sitting in a chair and he can't move and he raised one hand and he said to me, young man, but the Lord's been good to me. And he told me more of a story. Young man, the Lord's been good to me. And at the end of the conversation, I said, so what would you like? He says, I want you to hear my confession and I want you to baptize me. Because when I close my eyes, I want to awaken and see Jesus. So I took the holy water. I said, how would you like me to baptize you? He said, just sprinkle my hands. So I took the holy water and put it on my hand in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He looked at me and said, thank you. He said, young man, the Lord's been good to me. As I listened to his story, I thought, here's a man who says he is not a believer. As I listened to his story, I heard the story of a man who's had the mind of Christ. Do you?
whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, think about these things. Back to picture, Jim. So I wonder if you could just take like two minutes. What do you think about this picture? As you think, and apply it to your own life. What, does this picture mean anything for you personally? How could you live in this? How could you apply it? And if you're alone and not sitting with anyone, just kind of, if you could, just saddle up with someone. Let's take two minutes, and we'll go to three different specific slides. Here's the first one. What do you think about this picture? How does it apply to you? On your marks, get set, go. Thank you very much. Now, let's go to the next slide. How about this one? Let's continue the conversation. So, could you talk together with the people you're with? Do you think God will guard your heart and your mind with peace, irrespective of what you allow into it? Will the peace of Christ be yours if you're thinking about things that are, back slide four, please. So, let's just say, let's, no, slide four, I'm sorry, the diagram, diagram. I'm throwing curveballs at Jim, way to go, Jim. Thinking about what is not true. Thinking about what is not noble. What is not right. What is not lovely. What is not admirable. What is not excellent. What is not praiseworthy. Will the peace of Christ be in you? And will the peace of Christ be with you? If you're thinking the opposite of that. Can you, another, okay, next slide please, Jim. Six, I think it is, five, whatever it is. Can I, I'm sorry, back one. Jim is doing great. Let's give Jim a, give Jim a yes. Ready to go. How about this one? Do you think God will guard our hearts and minds with peace irrespective of what we allow into it? Why or why not? So on your marks, get set, go.
All right, very good. Next slide, please, Jim. So an undisciplined mind is an enemy of, li of living in the mind and from the mind of Christ. And would you look at your Bibles, look at First Corinthians, uh, First Philippians chapter three, and let's look at verses 17 through 21. This is where this idea came from as I studied this week. So the question I'm asking is, is an undisciplined mind the enemy of living in and from the mind of Christ? So chapter three, verse 17. So St. Paul writes, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I've often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, now look at these next words, many live their lives as enemies of the cross of Christ. Let me translate verse 19 after I read it. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. What does verse 19 mean? It is doing the opposite of thinking what is true and honorable and excellent. They're living for basically whatever the body wants. I want to overeat. I want to oversex. I want to overdrink. I want to over a drug. It's just, it's just whatever, whatever I feel like. And he says that is what creates an enemy of the mind of Christ. Now, go back to the picture, slide four again. So if we are going the opposite of the books in the middle, the peace of Christ in us is minimized, and the peace of Christ with us is minimized because we are, listen, we are living as enemies of Jesus. Even though we're gonna be saved and born again, we can choose to be against what Jesus is about. So let me give you a big picture. Someday we believe Jesus will come back and create a new heaven and new earth, yes? In the new heaven and new earth, this is how you will be with everyone. Everyone will speak the truth. Everyone will be noble. Everyone will be right. Everyone will be pure and lovely. Everyone will be worth admiring. Everyone will be living an excellent life. And everyone will live a life in which you say, I bless and praise the woman, the man, the boy, the girl you are. How is that going to happen? Because the peace of Christ is with and in all of us who are with Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. We are thinking about these things. And then we are practicing them. So this becomes how we live with each other. And that's what St. Paul is inviting us to do. Okay, so back to slide number uh, six. If you take one more two minutes, do you believe this is true? Or am I just off here? An undisciplined mind is the enemy of living in and from the mind of Christ. On your marks, get set, go.
All right, very good. Let's go, let's go now to whatever is right. Slide eight. This is the definition of the word I'm, I'm defining. It. It's like this. The word means what is morally correct, what is just, righteous, and impartial. So whatever is, whatever is true, I'm going to package real quick. Whatever is true, so remember three weeks ago, Clay talked about what is true is personal truth and transcendent truth come together. So let me give you the story of the man I've been with recently. His personal truth is he has had a life of great challenge, much pain, and now he's dying of cancer. The transcendent truth is Jesus is coming to take him home. He has an eternal, right there. Now, what, what I, let me stay with me. What I'm observing today is many of us put our personal truth higher than transcendent truth. Truth, whatever is true, is where both come together. So let me anger quickly both the Republicans and the Democrats in the room. Real quickly, this is not political, I'm just using an example. So listen to the phrase. The Bible is not unclear. Or the Bible is clear, this is for the Republicans, about aliens, foreigners, and strangers in our land. The Bible is not unclear. This is for the Democrats. The Bible is not unclear about sexual expression. But Republicans and Democrats, easily, all of us, Kevin, we can take our personal truth and say that's the truth. And what truth is when transcendent, what God says, what God writes, what God believes, and what we live when they come together, that's what is true. That's truth. Whatever is true, personal, transcendent, together. Whatever is noble, talked about that last week, Whatever is noble is a person who lives with a non-anxious presence, brings the presence of Christ. And now, whatever is just, a person who is morally correct, who is impartial, who isn't righteous. It's interesting, if you look at the word righteousness in the Old Testament, this is, if you want to, if you want to be a little bit of a scholar and have a little bit of digging around, look for, in the Old Testament, look for the words righteousness and justice and find where they're located. almost through the whole Old Testament. Right relationships and justice are together all the way through the Old Testament. So this word, <laughs> should do a little clap, hang, never, never, never. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it good the kids are here? It's awesome. So let's go talk about this a little bit. Can I have slide number uh, nine? Remember, this is the phrasing that I'd like you to think about for every one of these values. Do you want to think about it? We want to ponder it. We want to practice it because of the promises, the peace of Christ with and in you. Think, ponder, practice. So let's talk about how we do whatever's right. Slide 10. So here is my specific application. How practically can we think and do whatever is right? Just impartial, which is really good. Here's the first one. We do right through righting wrongs. Secondly, we, or we can make right through forgiving wrongs. Or we can pray for an enemy. Or we can be kind. 
Let me start with the last one. Funny story, true story. A, a woman came to see me and she and her husband were missing and uh, there's some concerns about some things and what could she do? And I said, why don't you go buy a t-shirt? She said, what the? I said, buy a t-shirt and just put the words, be kind. And they would come out and see her husband in the morning, be kind. Buy him one. When you see each other, be kind. Be kind, whatever is right, be kind. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, be kind. Now come backwards, how does this happen? It's not like, okay, today I wanna be kind. It all comes back to abiding in Christ. If you and I are abiding in Christ, he's living his life through us. So the t-shirt, be kind, is just a reminder, if we're walking close with Jesus, we will be kind. So let me push. If you're with me, and I am not kind, if I post something that's unkind, if I say something unkind, I do not work at that moment from the mind of Christ. Yes? From my, be kind. We can disagree about many things, but we still do what is right, and that is be kind. How about the next one? Pray for an enemy. I was involved with some situations this week where there's some significant conflict in some organizations, and in the conversation I'm having with different people in the organization, the different sides of the, uh, of the conversation, I asked people on both sides, are you praying for the person for whom you are so angry? Are you praying for the person with whom you have conflict? Are you praying for the person who, you, when you see her or see him, you are so mad you could spit? Why? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, think about these things. So Jesus said, according to Jesus, pray for your enemies and bless those who persecute you. So that's why Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, if your enemy slaps you on one cheek, give him the other. Now that was an interesting thing. So typically, it's, it's a really interesting story if you think about it. So if, you, if, if you're gonna slap on the one cheek, let's just say you're gonna slap on this cheek and you give him the other, the person's gonna have to come back like this. It is incredibly insulting, not just to do this, but to do this. Jesus says, go ahead, now go ahead. To who? Someone just punched you. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. Think about these things. Think, ponder, practice. Think, ponder, practice. Whatever is right. So let's go back to the man with whom I spent time recently who was on his deathbed. So I want you, would you, length screen please, Jim, for a second. Could you put yourself in the situation, let's just say um, the doctors have determined that apart from miracle, there is no hope for you. You, you. you will die relatively quickly. In the next short time, you are gonna pass away. What do you think you'll be thinking about? 
if you know you'll die soon. So you still are conscious, you're not moved into a coma, you're still conscious. What will you think about? Can you, are you imagining it? So you're soon to die. What will you think about? So question, why does it take right before death to think things that are true and noble and right? Do you want the mind of Christ? Do you want the peace of Christ in you? The peace of Christ with you? Think about these things. Quoting John Calvin, a whole bunch of people, the single most important thing about you is right here. Right? Because what happens here, happens here, happens here. So now, can I be the old guy one more time? This is my concern. Pick your screen, your favorite screen. How much time do you spend on your screen? And compare it with how much time do you spend thinking about what is true, what is noble, what is right? So let me ask another question. Depending on what you're looking at, how's your anxiety? How high are your levels of fear? How much mistrust do you have of the Lord or trust? I wrote this, listen to this, listen to this little couple of things. Slide again, please, Jim, four. So look at the slide, and look at the books, the books. Listen, a couple questions. Do the virtues on the screen resonate with you or do you dislike them? Do they help you feel liberated or oppressed? Do you find yourself thanking God for these virtues? Or are you crabby that you think you have to do them? Do you celebrate or resist them? Do they awaken joy in you or they make you feel rebellious and angry? Now listen to this next question. Your response to those questions reveals your relationship with Jesus. How we respond to these things, whatever the visceral response is, positive or negative, just gives us a glimpse to who we are with Jesus. So if I'm focusing on what is not true, what is not noble, what is not right, I will not have the mind of Christ and I'll resist the things of Christ. Recently, it was someone this morning came up to see me between services and shared a story. And the story was in the recent past, there was a lot of hurt and pain in a, a, a group. And this person asked me what he or she should do. And I suggested get a bowl of water, a basin of water, and a towel, and go into that room and take off the people's shoes and socks and wash their feet. And the person again rehearsed the story with someone else with me right here after the first service and said, that action, that decision has changed his life. Whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about those things. It's not like this. I think once and hope I remember. No. Oops. Thinks once. Oops. No, it is think. 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 Ponder. Practice. Think. Ponder. Practice. And the peace of Christ will be with you. How about this? Next one, I'll slide back 10 again. How about we do whatever is right by making right through forgiving wrongs? The man I spent time with shared ways as a black man. Um, he had been dishonored because of the color of his skin. And because of, it's interesting, he served our country for, for decades. And even then, he was diminished as a man. And what he said to me is, but I learned and I choose to forgive. And so as I listened to him yesterday, I thought this man made right. And he made right by forgiving wrongs. And I said to him, after he's told me that, and I'm, I'm not a military guy, I said, sir, may I salute you? He said, yeah. I said, thank you. Thank you. How about the last one? How can we do whatever's right? We do right through righting wrongs. Go back to the neighbor idea. I think we need to keep remembering that we have a, I would suggest we have a relatively small number of neighbors, not hundreds and thousands, but 30, 40-ish, small number. People you work with have influence. How about this? The people whom you have influence with, that, whatever that number is. If there is a wrong in your circle of neighbors, to do what is right might include doing something to fix a wrong. Now, why? Because you reflect the person of Jesus. Let me give you a word picture. So, imagine a, a, a newborn baby, and I'm not, again, as I showed last week, I'm not medically astute, but it, I understand, my understanding experience is that a little child begins to learn to see and they fix us, fixate on what's before them. So what, 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 what is the psychology among a little child? If the person looking at the child is smiling, is smiling, is cooing, is smiling, the little child thinks what? I'm loved. That person loves me. And that little person's, little child's heart starts to sing because the person, I'm loved. You carry with you the mind of Christ. You can walk into places and you bring the mind of Christ. Smile. Smile. And all of a sudden, think people think, What's going on here? What's going on? So, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, 
Think, think, ponder, practice. And the peace of Christ will be with you. So the last action steps. You've heard some funny stories, so I invite you to keep reading Philippians 4, 8, and 9, trying to memorize it if you can. It's a wonderful thing. Well, in fact, let's, let me just try something. The mind of Christ, blank screen. Can we do an experiment? Let, let, let me start. Let's do call and response. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me. He leads me. He and has a righteousness, right? Yeah. Even though I will for your you you anoint my head with my cup surely will follow me and I will The Lord is my shepherd. Our Father who art in, hallowed be thy, 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 on earth. Give us this day and forgive us our, as we, and lead us, but deliver us for thine and, and the glory. That's the mind of Christ. You are memorizing things. So, let, let me do, so I have those for me. I have the Jesus prayer in those two. And I said this last week. So last week I said this, and I said, I'm going to just make sure I'm not lying. So I had a little card. And every time I said that in a day, I did a check. I averaged saying those three things 50 times a day for seven days. I am, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying, let, let me just run to Look at your Bibles and look at verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm trying to model that verse. So what I'm trying to do by modeling this is I think about this all the time. Why? Because I want to live from the mind of Christ so I can think about what is true, so I can think about what is noble, so I will think about what is right, and then I start to practice these things. And all of a sudden, what begins to emerge? As you interact with others, what do you see? Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithlessness. It just comes from us because you have the mind of Christ. It just blows my mind. I read this again over and over. I went to commentaries and did some original language stuff, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let me say this one more time. The scriptures say, if you are in Christ, you have the mind of Christ. Does that just blow anybody away? You have been given, not just the spirit as a guarantee and inheritance, you've been given the mind of Christ. So this is why an undisciplined mind is so, it's, it's a misnomer. If we're really connecting to Jesus, we're saying, Lord, help me to think your thoughts, to think your thoughts your way. And then, back to slide, picture again, slide uh, four. But I want to emphasize, it's peace. It's peace in you and peace with you. 
So I asked last week, I've got two little focus groups I'm working with who, who listen to me and, and make, make comments. And so I asked, one focus group is people who self-report to me that they have, are highly anxious and they don't have any peace. They, they're, they're, they're just very, very fearful people. And I'm telling you this with permission. And so I said to this group, for, for these weeks, three weeks so far, I want you to think about these things. I want you to write down every week, this week, whatever is true, personal, what's been true in your life, what's been noble. And then I said to that group, keep a, keep a diary. And to the second group, I said, just tell me what it's like if you just do it on your own. And what's interesting is the first group, this group says that have, we have tremendous peace. We have trust. This group, six people said to me, I am growing, we are growing in trust. We're growing with less, and we have less fear. Pick your screen. What's coming at you? Is what you're watching, is what, what, whatever it is, pick your medium, pick your sites, whatever, is whatever you're engaged with, mostly, is it true or not true? Is it noble or not noble? Is it right or wrong? Is it lovely or ugly? Is it admirable or repulsive? Is it excellent or is it crappy? Is it praiseworthy or is it cringeworthy? Whatever comes in affects how we live. I'll quit with this story. I've told it before one more time. My youngest brother, 16 years younger than I, and when I left to go to college, he was still home with our parents, and uh, back in the day, he loved heavy metal music. And you've heard the story before, real fast. So my mom and dad, he woke up in the morning crabby, covers off the bed, just no fun to be around. My mom and dad just couldn't figure out what was going on, so they, they sat outside the room one night, way later than they would be up normally, and they listened to Metallica, I mean, he was just boom, 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 boom. And my mom and dad's bedroom was farther down, so they didn't know until they stood outside the door. He woke up every morning stinking crappy. Crabby, just mad about stuff. So my parents didn't know what to do. So they finally said, Chris, could you listen to something different? I mean, anything but Metallica? So he began to listen to other kinds of music. And lo and behold, the sheets stayed on the bed. Lo and behold, he was pleasant in the morning. What we let in at the end of the day runs all night long. You have the mind of Christ. Are you focusing on the goodness and the love and the beauty of Jesus? So back to the last slide, please, then we're done. So read Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Enter worship from a different door. Last, last week was really funny. I, I go home about 1.30ish, quarter two. And there was a group of people over here and over here, both, both landing and then this door. And I said, what's going on? I can't remember where we parked. <laughs> Why are we asking you to park somewhere different? Think differently. When you walk in this building, think differently and then take it home with you. And how about the last one? Park someplace away and walk to work. Walk to church. Okay. Let me offer a prayer for us, a prayer of craft that comes, tries to tie it all together. Could you just pray with me, please? Would you pray for yourself and pray that you would be longing for the mind of Christ? Could you pray for yourself?
And would you pray for the people with whom you have the most love and with whom you're in the most relationship? And would you pray that they receive the mind of Christ? Long for the mind of Christ. Live from the mind of Christ. Lord, our prayer this morning is that your prayer would awaken us to all that is true about you, your character, and how we relate to you. Our prayer is that you would shape our hearts so that we will love what is honorable and will abhor what is disgraceful. They will live and act and speak in right ways that will turn from injustice and ungodliness. We pray that you'd enable us to pursue purity and celebrate all that is lovely and commendable. Lord, our prayer is that we would, you would help us to recognize excellence and to long for it, to labor in your love and your power so that the totality of our daily living reflects who you are. We long to be more like you, Jesus. So, O oh Lord our God, help us to think on these things. Enable us by your Spirit to practice these things. And as we live and ponder and think and practice, may all that we are and do be for the glory and the praise of Jesus, whose name we pray. Amen.